0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to The Jeremy B. Hill Show. For those that are on their way to becoming the best version of themselves, finding their own success, these are the real-life stories, the goods and the bad, the successes and the failures from those leaders who have made it and those that are still on the journey. Welcome to the show. Hello, my friends. How are you? Welcome. Uh, so excited it is to uh, bring a newfound friend. I, I've been a long-time admirer, but now a newfound friend uh, of today's uh, today's guest. And so, as one of the most renowned and exclusive jewelers in the country, the House of Molina has developed a near unparalleled reputation. Al Molina has been at the heart, soul, and passion. That reputation for nearly thirty years, and today I get to share a few minutes with him, Al, my friend. How are you? Great to have you.
1: Well, thank you, Jeremy. That's wonderful. Uh, thank you for all those kind words. But uh, it takes a whole village to uh, to be able to do what both of us have done in our lives, and that's uh, strong and and hard work.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is that is for sure. That is for sure. And, uh, <laughs> it, you know, it's so it's so we get to connect in person. You know, recently when I was down in Scottsdale and and. You know, for for those of you that are listening, and the same story it is that I told Al is that like I've been you know an admirer of yours for at least 20 years. You know, I think all of us have you know these these dreams and things that back in the day you'd cut pictures out of the magazine and put it on your bathroom mirror or your fridge or whatever it is that people do. It is that inspire them, and forever I have always heard about Alfredo Molina and Molina Jewelers as just as this is the place to where it is that 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 you know families of influence and legacies from you know movies and actors to you know who knows you know the queen of England or i don't I don't know whoever that <laughs> you're the guy that these people seek out, and so to be able to to meet you in person as a long time admirer and now and now becoming friends, it's just such an honor, and I'm super excited so um for those that in the audience that don't know you or of your history in Molina, give us a little bit about kind of just you and and, and your business.
1: Well, uh, first of all, our family started in 1634 as a uh, Smith uh, silversmith, and then from there they went to uh, Spain, and from Spain they went to Cuba. My father was in the jewelry business from the age of eight to the age of twenty-five. Uh, my grandfather was from the old world uh, kind of situation, you know, uh, you you have to you have to work harder than anyone uh, has to, and, and basically he believed that good character was with iron and fire. Um, so my grandfather put me to work on March 2nd of 1967, I arrived in uh, Chicago in January of 67, and just several, two weeks uh, or two months later, grandpa decided that it was my time to uh, learn to trade. So, uh, I didn't have much of a chance, Jeremy, uh, but uh, I, I did okay. To-
0: it's 11 just 11 generations of jewish
1: <laughs> yes yes there's, there's and was a
0: cpa or an attorney in there anywhere right <laughs> uh,
1: well you know the oldest the oldest grandson uh, had to had to be the guy and uh, and so i i didn't think it was such a great idea you know i mean uh, no no uh, no uh, basketball no baseball no football no nothing i mean just uh, Went to school, got picked up at school. I worked uh, with my grandfather maybe five, six, seven hours a day and then went home and uh, had dinner and and, uh, did my homework. and, And the whole cycle started over and over again. And so, you know, grandfather was an incredible guy and uh, but uh, really i i obviously uh you're not prepared at the age of 8 i thought but um uh he basically made sure that uh he kept telling me that it was never good enough so uh that's something that made me strong you know never give up never surrender jeremy yeah
0: the relentless pursuit of perfection so <laughs> right the absolutely so, absolutely you're you're the, so you have this legacy family and so in, is it a, a family tradition or a cultural tradition that the, the eldest grandson kind of matures into that? Is that, is that just how the family is done?
1: Well, yes. And and I think that that had a lot to do with, you know, the 17th century, uh, 18th century, you know, uh, if, uh, you're, you're the oldest grandson was always uh, the one that had to take, uh, the the, the ability to, to do the trade. And, uh, and so uh, the other the other uh, family members i mean the my, my my older brother or my younger brother uh you know uh, had no interest in it so uh so he became uh you know he became interested in different things and but uh i mean i think that like the, the key factor was uh you have to do this i mean this is something that has been done for as i you said eleven generations. And um, I I I I got to tell you that you know I I really didn't care for it at all as at the age of eight at the age uh, of ten two uh, two years later my grandfather gave me a bin of uh, gold and uh, he's I said Grandpa what do you want me to do with this bin of gold he says play with it play with it and so I I really understood the concept of you know gold being some sort of a electrical current in your body. And it did, and that's that's when I decided that hey, it wasn't all that bad to be in the jewelry business.
0: <laughs> sure, sure. I I I don't know anyone else personally that their grandfather has given them a bin of gold. I, I I'm going to have to take that up with my family, right? So, <laughs> and hopefully, I'm not sure if my kids and grandkids are going to listen to this, but we'll have to talk about that bin of gold. So, sure, uh, sure. So the. You know some things that is that that I had read is that you know you have this this historic legacy family it is that for generations has been passing this down, and so originally from Spain into Cuba, and then while your 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 family, your grandfather, and your father and you were born in Cuba right yes sir yes sir yes.
1: March second of nineteen fifty nine
0: wonderful and but as the family was growing, obviously there was you know I'd read that your family had 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 done well right but obviously in the in the 50s and the 60s in cuba this is a volatile time right and so is that what was the the kind of impetus to 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 leave cuba and move to the us
1: no absolutely um there were 125 men uh wealthy uh people the business people that basically supported castro uh and then when castro uh, was actually became Uh, became uh, a communist. Um, Che Guevara basically shot most of these young, these people that were actually supportive because they were powerful people. Um, They needed to be removed. And my father for for sheer luck had a great friend from grammar school uh, and he was actually saved and put in incarceration uh, from uh, 1959 to 1965. And, um, we We actually uh were able to leave in nineteen sixty seven but it took several years for family members that were actually american citizens um in chicago and uh th- and that's how we ended up in chicago but uh wow. uh it, it was it was issue you know the issue obviously was that uh, the u s would not give uh, Castro arms and soldiers and of course uh he was denied and then he went to the USSR and became a Russian, and became or became a, a communist, apparently, um, and um, became. Uh, was given arms and 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 uh, missiles and all kinds of things. Then that's a lo- that's a long story, but it really it really was very difficult for us to leave the country.
0: Well, you and so when you you know for those of you listening that don't understand like the nationalization there. Uh, and I have some, some friends that this has happened to that were in, in East Africa, that were in Dar es Salaam in Tanzania at the time that this was happening. And, and you know, the, the family store of wealth, right, the, the the restaurants and hotels and real estate assets and businesses and anything else, like, you don't get the privilege of taking that with you, right? So is this, is this almost a, a starting over for the family when you guys left and came to the U.S.?
1: Well, my my, uh, my father, it was definitely a, a new beginning. You know, he had uh, three hotels, eight restaurants, and two casinos in Cuba. And when we arrived in Chicago, uh, we came with nothing except the clothing that we were wearing. You were not allowed to even take a dollar and put it in your pocket. Uh, they would beat you up if you did that. And uh, he uh, got a job as a pipe cutter uh, in a factory. Um, he um, basically had to... Uh, use emery paper and remove the the needles that were being cut when they were threading the galvanized pipe. And my father would come home every day with uh, needles uh, or or basically bleeding uh, fingers because of that. And uh, that was from seven to three in a factory. And then from four to midnight, he was uh, a janitor at Northwestern University. And that's what he did for 39 years.
0: Well, it is a it's it's hard not to respect somebody. It is that, that uh, going from the, the life it is that you had to starting over here, and, you know, but, you know, what it doesn't change is the responsibilities of your family. Right? You still have to put food on the table. You still have to lead and take care of your wife and your children and those kinds of things. So uh, I would imagine you had a tremendous amount of respect for your father for doing that.
1: Extremely. Both my grandfather and my grandfather, my grandfather and my father, were basically uh, great mentors of mine, and mm-hmm.
0: uh, and I had
1: an uncle as well. So I mean, the, Uncle Robert basically was just like grandfather and just like father. They were both yeah. all tough,
0: all tough. <laughs> well, so you know, with with a generational business that, is, that that that's been in the you know jewelry and silver smiths for you know, more than you got fingers and toes 11 generations back, right? I guess not more than fingers and toes, but you know what I mean, right? So, the, you know, 11, maybe I don't know how many fingers and toes, you right? you know, for, for 11 generations back. I mean, there's this, there's this legacy there that is just, um, you know, it's inspiring, right? You know, it's it's inspiring to be able to trace and have something back like that. It is that you can point to and be proud of, which is just honestly, that's just exceptional, and so moving into and starting over into the jewelry business again with working with your grandfather in in uh in Chicago how did that move from growing up and and perfecting this craft and why did you leave Chicago and 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 come to Arizona
1: Well uh again I'm I'm you know on March 2nd of 19 uh uh 67 it was my 8th birthday and I worked for my grandfather until 60 uh till I was uh Let's see, 17. So I, I was 17 years. Uh, I was I was uh, with my grandfather for eight years, and then my uncle took over, uh, and uh, until uh, nine, uh, 1980. And uh, and then I came to Phoenix uh, to help him move, and I really liked Arizona for several reasons. One, my mother had decided on a girl. That she wanted to, uh, uh, my, my wife, to be my wife, and I loved my mother very much. I said, "Mom, I love you, but I don't want to. I don't want to be. I don't want to be married to you." So, I, I decided to come to Phoenix, and I never went back home. And uh, I, I went into a partnership with a jeweler here um, in 1987. Uh, October of 1987, I decided that I had to uh, change uh, what I was doing. And I had a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a two-week-old, and I had $1,500 in my name, and I, I owed $110,000. So I had a negative $108,500 on October 10th of 1987 when I opened for a, opened a store uh, under the family name. And um, basically, on October uh, 19th, Tuesday, dark, you know, Black Tuesday, the, obviously, the... Uh, the, the market crashed, and so I had uh, no inventory, no money, and uh, and I ended up uh, basically between October 10th of 1987 and 1231, 1987. I uh, did about a million dollars in sales with no inventory, with uh, no money, and uh, just simply an office of one and, and one telephone.
0: So. You know, so there's there's more to unpack there. I think the, you know, one of the things it is for people, and so a large portion of our audience is, is business owners and entrepreneurs and guys on the journey and, you know, from guys that have made it and guys that are still on the path. I think so many people it is think that you have to have every little thing figured out before you start. And so yeah. there's there's so much here to to just committing, right? Like, like. And so for you, you know, perfect time Black Tuesday, right? Fall of the market. Perfect time it is for you to say, "Great, I'm going to go into the the jewelry business and serve ultra high-end clients when most of them just lost a hell of a lot of money." Perfect timing on your part, by the way. Right? So, (laughs) how did so with with no inventory, a negative net worth, uh, and a telephone in Phoenix? How do you go from Nothing backwards to a quick fast forward in just a few months and beginning to build a name for yourself. How did that? How did that start?
1: Well, I I um, went to a, a a store that a furniture store that was a client of mine, and um, I said, look, I don't have any money, um, but um, I need a I need uh, two offices and in a in and in a conference room. And he said, uh, "Okay, I'll just uh, you know take whatever you want, and you can pay me in ninety days." So I spent sixty-four thousand dollars in furniture, um, without a penny, and um, ended up uh, basically uh, got a phone system. Uh, I went. I had a I had a, a small little office that I had, I was renting, and I went up to uh, one of the one of the uh, uh, drawers that it was, and here 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 was a very, very old uh, telephone service uh, system. And the guy said, here, I'll take it. I'll, you know, give me 25 bucks. So I had a $25 phone and that was really the only connections that I had. So I would make a list uh, every, every evening. I would make a list of all the, of 25 people that I was going to call that day. And that's how I actually started getting people to come in to see me. Of course, I always asked them, you know, exactly what it is that you would like, you know, you know, if you want a diamond, you want to, you know, earrings. Uh, And I would, I would have a whole conversation of asking exactly what their desires were. And so I would have to buy myself some time. So if they said, Al, can I come by and see you tomorrow? I would say, no, I'm so sorry, Jeremy. I, I have to, I have about, uh, you know, a week, uh, uh, Completely taken taken out. So can we do it next week? And then I would obviously find the jewels uh, and the right proper uh, of item, and to make sure that everything was just as, as it should be. And so I would select three pieces, and they would come into the office, and uh, they would obviously uh, have have all the options that they were looking for, and the quality, and how, and uh, the different shapes, and so on. And, you know, uh, the the word on the street was, if you want to see uh, real inventory, go see Molina. Well, Molina didn't have any inventory, but it looked good.
0: <laughs> <But> it, <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. It is, it, you know, it's... It again goes back to the, the thing of just being committed, right? And so you start to develop this reputation, right? Because the, there's this—not mystique necessarily, but hey, I want to come see you. Can I see you tomorrow? I'm sorry, I'm 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 booked, and I can see you next week. And and you know, in that in that world, I mean, you start how you start, right? Like I think everybody is is concerned with starting or growing or doing and thinking that everything has to be perfect and you have to have all the answers and it's got to be pretty and it's. But the 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 experience it is the that they have in the the you know <laughs> inventory today, right? Your story twenty thirty years later is different than what it was thirty years ago, right? It's like oh,
1: so, many wanna, so many people
0: want to so many people want to start close to the finish line because it's you know it's not fun to have to put in the work, right?
1: Sure, absolutely. No, in in October 1987, I had a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a two-week-old. So I mean, I mean, there's lots of people out there that want to have children, but they want to have the house, they want to have yes. the cars, they want to have the bank account. Uh, I I think we just have to to make it happen. You know, I yes. my life philosophies are everything happens for a good reason. You know, I mean, yes. you, you never you never know that sometimes the biggest challenges that you have in life are the greatest uh, abilities to actually grow and, and improve. Um, you know, nothing has any meaning except the meaning I give it. I mean, yeah, you know, wh- what what's good, what's bad, Jeremy? I mean, you know, I mean, you, I mean, you. We never know what the outcome is going to be, but we have to make it an outcome. That's right. the key factor, yep. I think. And on the other side, of tremendous frustration is tremendous success. Well, you know, I I have a little one that my that a good friend of mine told told me many years ago. Adversity is my angel.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: You know, it's an angel. I mean, you know, and, and we just have to keep going. But, by, by but you're absolutely correct. You know, and, and especially today, the young people today, and I have a 21 year old daughter. You know, they 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 basically uh, are free people. I mean, they they, they don't want to basically uh, be tied to a business or tied to a career or tied to a home, and it's it's really uh, challenging. Because, uh, you know, uh, they they just don't they just don't have the desire that we had uh, five generations ago, 10 generations ago. You know, I mean, I I think I think it's it's quite interesting that we have to make sure that these young people uh, understand that you have to work for a living, that you have to work hard and give everything you have, because that comes from the heart and the desire.
0: Agreed. So is it. So, in these starting and i mean so number one, you know margins in the jewelry business can be okay, but selling them you know or better than okay but the the uh you know creating a million dollar business in three months thirty plus years ago, right so that was that was a that was a hell of a good start for you, right, so i was gonna <laughs> you know i was gonna I was gonna get behind the fact okay, you're you're new and young and handsome and married and you got three babies and you got a wife that's, you know, betting on you to, to do good things and, you know, bring home the bacon. Right. And, you know, you got a negative net worth in this thing. So what is, is it, what's, I mean, is that the motivation for you back then? It was like, Hey, if this doesn't work, I don't eat, you know, or what was driving that at the time?
1: Yeah. I I think that the first thing that made me uh, drive was the birth of my daughter. Uh you know, I I was willing to take all the risk in the world uh to make things happen for uh my child and it I mean it really, he she really changed the whole concept I think for all of us. and I think that that's something that a lot of men probably have experienced. Um the the second the second um trigger was that my partner uh, embezzled money uh, in October? The first week of October, nineteen eighty-seven, and I decided it was time for me to go. And I I, I knew that I knew that it, I I was going to have to have hard times, uh, but I also knew that I would never give up and never surrender. And mm. and that's exactly that's exactly uh, how I became who I am today. And that is, you know, I mean, I don't I I, I don't there are there are there are always challenges, but challenges basically are the best way that we learn because, you know, you you have to do it. You know, I also I also have had a lot of mentors. Uh, I mean, I think one of the greatest things for young people today is to find someone that is at least 15 years older than they are and ba- and and basically ask questions and 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 talk to these people because you know they're i mean but of course as you know in our generation nobody talks to each other they they make phone calls uh, and, and they they look at each other across the t- table and they're texting each other but uh i think i think that that's one of the things that i am concerned about as far as the human race because if we become robots there's really no heart in it it's simply a technology
0: yeah it is there is you know it's funny because when you talk to you know well my children or your children's friends and that kind of thing and they say oh i talked to so and so today oh really what they say? But like you you know do you talk to them well talk is text well text is not talking talking is is talking is that, that <laughs> uh, you know familial relationship it is that you develop that's uh you know that's hard to do over time so i'm i'm with you on that i I'm certainly with you on that so Early on, like, did you did you have an idea when you started this of of what you wanted this to become? Like, was there what was motivating you to 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 do this? Was there like someone that you were chasing? Did you have an ideal that said, "I want to create something that looks like this," or I see so and so that's done that, and that's what I want this to be? Or how was this all coming together?
1: Well, one of my mentors uh, was Harry Winston, my yeah. grandfather's best friend and my grandfather basically sold the um uh, the Bacardi uh, Ruby to um to Harry Winston they were good friends and uh so uh, I had the opportunity to meet uh Harry Winston on various occasions and uh he was a man that believed that you know he you have to basically do the best you can be and uh he was a, he was a great mentor um you know he he would basically uh tell talked about uh how he he succeeded and, and some of the things that that he did uh he was a he was a man of passion tr- tremendous passion and i think that that's really probably uh where my feelings are is that you know we we have to have passion because if you don't have passion you basically can't can't transmit that to the person that's in front of you and, uh, so for me, for me, it's, I, am very, very clear and concise, uh, that my job is not, I'm not in the, I'm not in the jewelry business. I'm in the emotional business. So I talk to people from the heart. I don't talk to people from my pocketbook. Really? And I think that's the most important thing. The pocketbook basically means nothing to me. And, and because of that, uh, I've been very successful financially and and again, and it doesn't doesn't mean that i haven't had challenges because we have all had challenges and and you know we we gotta keep going and and overcoming whatever challenges we have um, and I think that I think the key factor is never give up, never surrender because the truth is is that no matter how challenging your life is, it will change as long as you keep
0: it going agreed well i think uh so number one harry winston obviously has a a world-class reputation and and you know that's another house it is that that's fantastic and so if there is a you know number one when you're talking just a few minutes ago about having the importance of mentors and the importance of you know having somebody that's a little bit further down the path or a little bit further down the road it is that you know can can provide guidance there leadership there is, is critical and that is not something that can be done over text or over you know email or whatever else That right? that. That relationship yeah. there is 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 critical and foundational.
1: You, you know that uh, uh, Jeremy, something that's very interesting about uh, Harry Winston is that I bought Blackstar and Frost uh, 20 years ago, and uh, you know Blackstar and Frost basically uh, purchased. Uh, the lucky Baldwin Ruby for one hundred thousand dollars in nineteen thirty one in nineteen thirty one Harry Winston was going door to door as as a sales a, a jewelry salesperson i mean he had he was selling jewels and in nineteen thirty two with the proceeds of the hundred thousand dollars in nineteen thirty one he started Harry Winston's Jewelers. Now, tell me, tell me that that's not, you know, a a great, a great story.
0: Exactly. So let's so let's talk about that. For those that don't know, now, Black Star and Frost is the is the oldest jeweler in the U.S. Is that right?
1: That is correct. Yes, sir.
0: Okay. And so this is a like even like early 18. I mean, this is 200 years old or something.
1: Oh yes, yeah. Actually, uh, so the so the company uh, which was co- at that time not called Black Southern Frost because you know unlike today, I mean every time somebody comes into the company they they put up their names. So the, uh, the family uh, it was from Savannah, Georgia, and they started in 1723. In 1810, uh, a gentleman by the name of Black. Uh, basically became an apprentice and that's and that 's in in New York so in New York in eighteen ten uh, Robert Clifford Black basically became an apprentice and that 's the that 's the number they, they they used the eighteen ten number but the truth of the matter is that the company started in seventeen twenty three and uh, they were the first to use plate glass windows thereby inventing window shopping They were the first to the first to use the American Eagle as a company logo they were the first to make the first class ring for west point in, 19, in 1837 and wow. and they you know they built the first fireproof building in new york they invented the safe deposit box system and I can just continue. I can. We can talk about this for hours and hours and hours because this this company, were the, the the doers and the, and the go getters and they 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 created all kinds of things. There I have in my office, uh, uh, I have a medal uh, that uh, basically was made by Blackson Frost in 1863, and it had the 13 colonies. As far as the as as far as the uh, the stars, and uh, and that that was basically made by Black Soron Frost. Uh, and so there's just a, a great historical company, great historical company. And uh, they've done all they did all kinds of great things. And here it is a poor little Cuban boy. Basically, that represent. And, and by the way, I say represent because a, com- a, a company like that uh, can't be owned because it has so much historical value that came long before me, and it has nothing. And I have great respect for that brand.
0: And so, how does that? So, how does that fit into um, Molina as a whole? Right. So, Molina and kind of your your flagship salon, which is in in uh, Scottsdale or
1: Paradise Mound, right area yeah you know it's, it's Scottsdale. and uh, i mean the, uh, the the for us for us or for me i guess would be uh the fact that molina it, it has a great history uh but that 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 history basically started in in nine nineteen sixty seven yeah. um so my uh for me uh I wanted to basically be able to uh bring back to um, the american quality uh a brand that basically represented america and for that wow. i'm i'm very uh very con- very happy and, and very uh supportive of making sure that that brand continues the the great history of blackstone and frost
0: well when we saw each other. So I have on my desk with me every day by my phone, and I take it with me, my Black Star and Frost Medallion coin that you gave me. <laughs> so again, uh, for me, I think it increases my cool factor just a little bit. I just can't tell the story as good as you can. So, <laughs> <laughs> so as, the business is, as the business is growing, was there a you know there's a point for everybody in 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 your story that you get past the phase of of survival right you know there's there's Maslow's hierarchy of needs from where it's it's it's, it's you know survival to success to stability to significance right and you certainly have gotten to the the top of that pyramid you know but moving from survival and starting the business and feeding your family to uh you know having some success was there a point in time to where it is that you kind of said, okay, this is actually working, right? This is no more this is not hand to mouth anymore. Our business is actually working and now I can grow the business. Do you remember anything sticking out there that was just that was critical or that was just, okay, we've put our name on the map?
1: Well, you know, one of the one of the things I think that that happens uh, in in our in our business, your business, my business, everybody's business, is that we always have to basically recreate ourselves in a certain position. In other words, we cannot stay still, because you know if you if if you're looking at the same product every time and you don't have you haven't created anything that actually moves us to the next level, it, it's very challenging. Uh, when you, uh, for example, you know we have flown jewels to different countries uh or to a wedding because uh you know something happened and we had to obviously do whatever we needed to do to make sure that that wedding was going to be a happy wedding. Uh, and so for us uh, whatever level whatever level of position that we have created as Molina or or as Blackthorne Frost the next the next evolution has to keep going up and up and up so we have to obviously do more and do it better and we have to basically exceed their expectations and that's the philosophy that i have um you know we have people that have come to us and they uh have a heirloom and nobody in the world wants to touch it because it's a challenging situation to be able to re uh, create the, this, this, uh, this, this product without, uh, taking the risk, but, you know, you have to be a risk taker and you have to basically always, always, always remember that whatever you did for somebody yesterday is going to be different from, from for tomorrow. And so, so you have to always basically meet their expectations, and you have, always have to. Uh, as I said, the word passion is probably my favorite thing because I'm passionate about everything. People come into our store. If something, if something happened to something that we made, uh, we will remake it, or we will re, we will repair it, or we will do whatever we have to do to make sure that 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 person, that that my boss because I don't I'm not the boss the boss is a person across from me that basically is uh, providing an opportunity for me to do something for them and I think I think that's really the the major thing for me is is that you know I mean challenges are there but but you have to always always go up one point up you got to keep got to keep going every time that you can to make people feel more important to make people feel happy and to obviously provide what I believe is the future pieces for the rest of the families that they have. And that's, that's important.
0: Agreed. Well, and so there is something about the, uh, an exact, you know, question I was going to ask and you you did a great job of, of answering and kind of going that way before I even thought is really in the, in the, for Molina, you guys are are you're creating legacy generational pieces. You're you're this is not you know a a run of the mill retail you know jewelry outfit, right? Like so, you know I had read recently that you had sold, uh, kind of a historic piece. It is for you sold a diamond for twenty one or twenty two million dollars, like in the last. <laughs> Like this is, right, so for all of you that are, you know, <laughs> it, like I look at these things and so the the brand experience that you create for people who can choose to vote with their dollars candidly anywhere in the world are choosing to do so with you. And that's, that's because of that relationship and because of the, the experience and the service it is that you give.
1: No, I, I, uh, I must say that I was very, very blessed, um, because, um, I was succeeding, um, in, in, uh, in a very high end position. We were, we were doing, um, probably, uh, we were in the top three jewelers in the country, um, uh, in reference to our sales and, um, and I had the opportunity uh, to purchase uh, the Archduke Joseph diamond. Uh, the stone had uh, 76 carats diamond, belonged to His Royal Highness. The Archduke Joseph, who would have been the emperor, uh, his, his brother was shot in 1918. And that stone basically is the finest uh, decolor, flawless diamond uh, in the world. Um, it, it was, it was truly a, 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 an honor to be able to be, uh, someone that could, uh, own the stone and, uh, sell it to, uh, the Queen of, uh, Qatar. Um, but, uh, I, I, it's like, it's like a child. I mean, it's like you're letting, <laughs> having a child and, and passing on. Um, and I think that, uh, that, that, uh, actually, uh, was extremely important uh, for us to get to a different level, and and the, the way that I would do that is uh, when a young lady would walk in and and she would like to uh, uh, sit down and, and work with us on whatever it was, I would always take the diamond, who was actually in a pendant, and I would take a photograph uh, for her, and she would have that she would have that forever. As a matter of fact, when I purchased the stone we we hired people to dress in the 17th century uh you know the way the the royals would and uh take a a paper uh parchment paper and it would and deliver an invitation to a lot of our high end clients all over the country to come and view the Archduke Joseph, and uh, and I mean, there's a lot of ladies that uh, will tell you some great stories. As a matter of fact, um, the the one of the ladies that basically opened the door was in her garden, and she had mud all over her feet and all over her knees. And the, and the, the gentleman, the, the, these these were actually actors, and he walked he walked he knocked on the door and, and said, "I'm here to see Mrs. So and So." And she goes, uh, well, Mrs. So-and-so is not here, but I'll be happy to take the invitation.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and so when when the when the event was uh, there was a there was a beautiful event I mean very 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 interesting event and uh, so she she came over and said you know Miss Molina I want you to know that uh, that young beautiful man that was dressed in a beautiful outfit from the from the 17th 18th century she says. I was full of mud, but I want to tell you that, uh, thank you for inviting me. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's, <funny>. so, <laughs> so, so, it's just, it's extraordinary to me that, you know, and like extraordinary to me that these pieces like this uh, exist and change hands, you know, what once in a generation, maybe, right? Like so yes, this, sir. this, this was a piece from, when you say early, 19, roughly hundred years ago, right? 19, oh yeah, 19, yeah. 18,
1: yeah. 18 well, something. so the the stones were, the diamond is from, the Gaconda. it's a Gokonda mine, one of the mm-hmm. finest mines in the world, and very rare. And that stone was probably could have been as 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 back as two or three hundred B.C. So 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 that the mine the mine actually uh was destroy, was, was uh completely uh u- utilized, uh and so there hasn't been a, a stone of that quality for 200, 300 years. So
0: That's
1: <laughs> not not bad, huh, Jeremy, not bad.
0: Not yeah, not bad. Not bad for a little Cuban boy, right?
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Oh my goodness. Well so I can't imagine opportunities come like that, you know, to run of the mill, right? These and and you've had several of those. Like I've seen some of the, the the unique pieces it is that you guys have developed and created that have been, you know, that take years it is to source and, and 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 kind of assemble and put together and make available. I mean, this is not something that you decide on Tuesday that's for sale on you know Friday, right? This could take, you know, ten years just for the privilege of having something to become available, right? And no,
1: absolutely. As a matter of fact, we have the Empress necklace that uh, it took 30 years, a little over 30 years, to basically collect the stones, because you know you have you have you have a quality of a stone that basically has to be the finest available, and and so we reject and uh, we we. we out of uh, for not not so long ago I I must say that we don't there's not enough uh, gems uh, that are available today as they were maybe 20 30 40 years ago but uh for us uh you know we have to basically uh take time uh to create what my clients desire and what they desire are one of a kind pieces uh, and it takes it takes 30 years or 20 years or 15 years to basically be able to find uh gemstones that are basically of the quality and of the color and clarity and all those things that are extremely important and the stone cannot be treated in any way shape or form. Hmm. The majority of gems today, the majority are heat treated which basically diminishes the value of the stone.
0: Right. Yes. Yeah. So and you know, for everybody, regardless of their business, you know, I think that one of the reasons it is that you get these opportunities is because of your, you know, kind of where we started, right? The, the commitment to sure. that pursuit of perfection and excellence in everything it is that you do. And regardless of whether it is that you're in the jewelry business or the finance business or you sell, you know, the best latte there is in Seattle, whatever it is that you do, <laughs> it's that it's that commitment to the craft. You know, and the the commitment to creating a fantastic experience for those people that 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 you know are your yeah. patrons no. that a- that really contribute to that long term success, right?
1: No, no, absolutely, absolutely. I you know, you I'm not just a, their jeweler, I'm their friend. I'm there. I I'm there to support them. Uh, I have fifteen uh, you know bodyguards that are military, uh, you know, seals. Uh, uh, special forces, and sometimes when there is an issue uh, with a the family, there's, it's not uncommon for me to send two or three of my bodyguards to to be there and to uh, make sure that everything is being done properly, and there's nothing that's been, you know, because sometimes you never know what what you have to do. But I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, as I said, I mean, my life is about values. It's about doing the right thing and helping one another. And, you know, I mean, uh, I truly, I truly believe that we have to honor our heritage, that, that my name, my name is, is everything. My grandfather always said, honor our heritage. And, uh, and that's and that's really that's really what we do. But but we we're not just we're not just someone that is, you know, selling a client a, a piece of jewelry. It's 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 somebody that basically is coming to us, and and they are, they are who who we want them to be, which is somebody that we can serve, and and we are servers. That's that's what we are.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, is the, the business today. So you know, 30 years ago, with what $64,000 of furniture that you had to borrow at the time and get phones <laughs> on a $25 you know phone, you know, fast but, you know looking then of uh, I can see you next week. Looking at at, at Al then to Al today is the, is the business today what you hoped it would become? Yes, sir.
1: Yes, sir. I'm, I'm very I'm very blessed. And and I, I have to tell you that it's not it's not a one man operation. I, everyone that works with me has been with me for many many years, thirty years, twenty five years, twenty eight years. And my philosophy is, this is my family here. Molina Fine Jewelers is a family. Nothing else, nothing more, nothing nothing that we can't do for each other. That's
0: fabulous. So you know, one of the things that is that I know that is important to you. And so, you know, a lot of whatever whatever people's journeys are, right? I mean, there's the, there's the part of this it is that that you know you want for yourself and for your family, right? You you know you want to be able to take care of your wife and your kids and your family, you know. But once that's you know kind of out of the way, right? There's you don't your success doesn't have limitations necessarily, but there's only so much you can do, right? You can only you know, have so many nice houses or cars or watches or whatever is important to, you know, whatever is important to whoever is listening, right? But one of the things that I so appreciate about you is from the start, how much the the air of contribution and charity and philanthropy has been important to you. And so it, I had read something that was astonishing that you guys support a hundred and fifty or a hundred and sixty charities—is that right?
1: That was uh yeah that well that's when I, I received the uh the um uh, I I was I was uh it, at that time I I I I was serving a hundred and sixty seven charities, and that was uh, a uh, Mother Teresa actually uh, gave me the National Caring Award. Uh, in the Hall of Fame for caring Americans, uh, and that was uh, wow. in 2005. Uh, today, today we we support 315 charities, and uh, I must tell you that um, the way we started it was we 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 actually had a, a little events. We had little events, and people would bring in uh, toys for Toys for Tots. That's how we started: is giving children toys for Tots during the holiday season and uh we've we've been able to uh basically um donate uh it's been challenging as as you know for all of us uh, but uh i don't mind i don't mind uh basically uh making sure that people uh are able to uh, eat and and have shelter and so that to me is very important as well
0: that's incredible but do you, do you have are you doing these individually? Does do you have a, like a family foundation or anything like that? Well, we we that? had
1: it. We had a fa- we, we 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 had a family foundation, but we gave away all the money.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: so so the answer is uh, I've, I. So, the, so we have a we have a group that basically um, makes the decisions. And then, when those decis- if if a decision is 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 made that we are not going to fund the need of others, I write the checks yeah. out of my
0: pocketbook yeah well it it's above above all else so, you know the the success in the brand that you created will be long standing the value. You know the value it is that you're having it is in the in the community and contributing to other people is you know we could do a whole nother episode on that and I, I just I, I applaud you I applaud you on that I don't know how well, you get with 300 <laughs> charities I don't know how you actually get work done. Uh,
1: well, you know I mean I as I said I I uh, love people and uh, I, I I think the greatest gift Jeremy that I've ever had was the fact that from a wealthy family uh to a uh to a janitor and and a uh worker of uh, of cutting pipe um you know it it probably it probably made me who i am because i know what it feels like to have, have one egg a day which is what we had when we arrived in chicago and uh, terrible hospital. I mean, a total terrible uh, hotel. It was, the Wilson Hotel was actually, you would sit down and a puff of smoke would come out uh, of of the uh, uh, of the bed and everything else. So, so I can only tell you, I can only tell you that the the greatest the greatest lesson that I that I actually have is that you know if uh, I if I see someone in need, I always and I, it doesn't matter to me about the money and and I have people that tell me how don't give people cash and on the street. I said, why not? Well, cause maybe they're going to drink or maybe they're going to do this or maybe they're going to do that. I said, that's not for me to establish what they can and can't do. It's what I can do that matters. Yeah.
0: That's right. That's right. So a couple last questions as we wrap up. So for you, with not only your own success, but the people and families it is that is that you've worked with and and alongside for years and years what does what does real success look like or what does real success mean to you
1: well i think my success is the fact that i've made life better for many
0: Mm -hmm. perfectly said i love that uh two last things um you know, today I think it is that um, maybe you're the mentor that's 15 years ahead of somebody else. And so, if you were to look back at, at at Al 20 years ago, what advice would you give yourself 10 or 20 years ago? What would you say?
1: Well, I there's there's a, a book, a couple of books that I would I would tell people. I mean, first of all, there's a little book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Great book. Um, uh, probably one of the finest books ever, and I think it's a book that someone has to read at least ten to fifteen to twenty times to really understand that what you know, whatever the mind can perceive, the mind can achieve.
0: Mm-hmm. There's
1: a little book called uh, 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 "Rhinoceros Success." Okay. It's all about a ride. it's all about the how rhino. i mean how how to live as a rhino remember rhinos only go forward they never go sideways they never go back they always go forward no, and I it's a be- great little book it's a great little book it's one of my favorite i give i've given away uh when i when I saw this book back in the 1980s, nineteen uh eighties nineteen yeah late nineteen eighties a friend of mine gave it to me. And I loved the book so much that I wanted to buy books and give them to kids and give them to schools and give them to people on the street, and so so I, I tried to go buy those books and the books that were no longer uh, available. And so I actually had somebody find out the, the, the owner, the owner of this book, and I did. And I and I called him and I said, "Listen, uh, I've been I'm trying to buy your books, but I can't I can't find them. So they're up. They're they're not." He says, "Well, Mr. Molina, they're they're not. Uh, we're not publishing them. I said, well, what does it take to publish him? He says, 1,500 books. I said, okay, where do I send the check? Oh my God,
0: <laughs> and, now,
1: and now, and now, and now, uh, uh, um, he's, uh, he's, I mean, they're, they're selling books like, uh, they, they've been selling him and, I buy I buy them uh, you know two three hundred at a time so it's a it's a great little book as a matter of fact Jeremy I I'm going to send it to you so oh I
0: can't I'll wait I'll send
1: you I'll send you the book you'll you'll like it not All only right. do I send you a book I send you a little rhino because the book says hey <laughs> just remember you're a rhino and look All at right. you know, I, put it on your desk ne- next to that a challenge coin and actually a challenge coin you'll have to wear it <laughs> no, you got it I will I will I
0: <laughs> Uh, that's fabulous. So, um, actually, I have another question for you. So, when you were sure, there, sure. we were there. Uh, I get to meet your beautiful wife, and uh, she had got you the coolest guayabera that I've ever seen. Did you ever wear <laughs> that fancy guayabera with a bird on it or well, whatever? Renee <laughs> we
1: we just we we just got home. We just got home uh, from uh, uh, San Miguel de Allende in Mexico. We just got home a couple of days ago. And yes, I I I was wearing yaga yaga, ve- yaga well, you know. And I, and I and but you do do realize that the ones that she actually ordered uh were very very uh, it, uh Italian or or you know, what very small and I couldn't I my, I couldn't I couldn't wear them. So so they didn't fit me. So I actually had the ones that I wore before. So, but, but, uh, you know, I won't tell her, I won't tell her that I told no, you so. No, <laughs> not, not my
0: friend, I just, I cannot thank you enough for.
1: No, no. Listen, What a pleasure, Jeremy. What, what a yes. pleasure. Hey, if there's anything I can do, please don't, you know, don't hesitate. Give me a jingle. You have my cell and. And I'll be there for you at all times.
0: Thank you. So for those that want to reach out to you or learn more about you, where is the best place for them to find out more information about you?
1: Well, I mean, uh, you know, uh, I, first of all, my the, the phone number at the office is 602-955-2055. The address is uh, 3134 East Camelback Road, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, 85016. My email is a j molina at findjeweler dot com, and uh, uh, they anything that they any questions that they have will be answered uh, as quickly as possible.
0: That's perfect. Well, my friend, you are just your friendship is a blessing, and I'm just I'm so excited <laughs> to get to know you and spend more time with you and. Uh, have our wives order white letters that we're embarrassed to wear them. Letter I, so. <laughs> uh, I, I you
1: know, you know. My grandfather said, "Always laugh at yourself. That's yeah. the yeah. greatest fun that you can have." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Jeremy. Well, listen. Thank you. Thank you for the time and talent, and uh, and and the. Uh, I mean, uh, the ability to uh, to talk to you, and and I really enjoy. Uh, the time. I really do. Thank you so much.
0: I enjoyed it. Thanks for the time, my friend. Be well.
1: Likewise. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening today. This has been the Jeremy B. Hill Show. If you liked today's episode, go on and give us a five-star review. Not four, but five. And even more importantly, share it with somebody else. This is Jeremy B. Hill. Your success is waiting for you, but it's not going to wait forever. Go get it.